Hello and welcome to Underneath the Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Cherie Simmons, and this is KB, my dog. Uh, He wants to participate in this episode, I guess. So, as you know, for those that have been following, Lord, for those that have been following, I've been updating you all on my recovery for my hysterectomy, which I had three weeks ago on April 7th, and just wanted to come in for week three of the recovery to let you know how it's been going. For these last couple of months, I've been talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of different issues that we go through as humans. We talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly of um, family, the good, the bad, and the ugly of church hurt. And so I just wanted to make sure that I touch on different topics that we all go through because I truly believe that one person's testimony is another person's breakthrough. And rarely do you hear about women and our infertility issues. And in my book, it's that size for a reason. My journey through infertility, I share with you the issues that I had that I went through prior to having this hysterectomy. So if you want to know what led to the hysterectomy, go ahead and check out my book as well as Underneath the Hat. Both of these are available on Amazon. Just type in my name, Cherie Simmons, and you'll be able to find both books. But this book definitely gives the background and foundation of how I even came to needing a hysterectomy at 38 years old with no children of my own. So this third week has been a little bit easier. Um, I'm healing very well. I have to sometimes tell myself to sit down because I'm healing so well. Um, And for those that may just be joining us on the Underneath the Hat podcast. This is my fifth surgery where I've had to have fibroids removed in the past, but this is my fifth time going under the knife to have body parts removed. And so I think I'm pretty much a pro at this whole healing process. But the body can trick you into thinking that it's healed and then you end up doing something that makes you, lets you know, now sit your butt down. Um, So this week I had my doctor's appointment and my post-op appointment. And so I went to see her a couple of days ago and she checked my incision, said it was healing very nicely. Um, I can actually tell. From the way they pulled it in, it actually looks like I got kind of a little tummy tuck part at the bottom of my stomach going on um, because they say that it was a keloid from the last incision I had. So they fixed that. Um, So I can definitely tell where they pulled in some of my stomach. When I first went into the appointment, they weighed me the last time I prior right before the surgery, I was at 228. They weighed me this time. I was at 217. 
So since the surgery, I've lost 11 pounds. Yes. Um, so I can definitely tell a difference in the way the shape of my stomach and also um, how much weight was actually carried in my stomach because of my uterus being stretched double the size it's supposed to. So um, she gave me a breakdown of everything that was going on. She told me exactly what they removed. Um, I asked her how many fibroids did I actually have because I ended up having fibroids inside my uterus and outside my uterus. And she she said there were too many that normally they put a number in the after surgical notes, but there were so many that they didn't put an actual number. So I counted the measurements of what they were, the masses that they found. And there were about five of them that I was able to count. So I had a total of about five fibroids inside of my body and which takes my number up to 32. So over all five of these surgeries, they've removed 32 fibroids. They also removed my uterus, which was double the size it was supposed to be. Um, they removed my left ovary and the cyst that was attached to it. Um, they removed part of my cervix because they didn't remove the entire part because I originally was told that it was attached to my rectum. But the reason that they did not remove it, the full thing is because it was. What did she say? It was close to. Um, uh, um, I can't remember exactly what she said, but because it wasn't it, because it was so close to another part of my body, they didn't want to risk scarring it or damaging that part. So they left part of the cervix. So because of that, I still have to have a pap smear. Um, but because my uterus is gone, I no longer have menstrual cycles. And because I still have my right ovary left, um, I don't have, I didn't go through um, early menopause. So that will continue on in God's time of me not having to deal with hot flashes and all those things. So, um, yeah, that was the premise of the appointment. I think I was in and out in like 17 minutes. Um, my aunt, took me to my appointment because it, it was I hadn't been given permission to drive yet. So I asked her, what could I now do? She said, um, now, since I'm not on any pain medication, um, I can drive. I can walk as far as exercise, which is something I really wanted to get back to doing. She said I could do some exercises, no ab work, um, and I could lift I could lift things, but nothing more than 10 pounds. And um, of course, no sexual activity because nothing can insert inside for another six weeks. So um, I was like, okay. And then I left from there. The following day, I had an appointment uh, prior to my surgery. 
Um, I had to get a full, um, God, all my words are losing me, a full workup of all of my doctors. And one of my doctors is a cardiologist because of my hypertension. And so I had to go back to see him and he has scheduled for me to have a sleep apnea test. And so I had to actually go in and get all the stuff attached to my head and my chest and my legs and my face. And they had to watch me sleep. So I had my post meeting with them the following day after my post-op appointment. And come to find out that I have sleep apnea. They informed me that during my sleep, I stopped breathing 19 times for more than 10 seconds. And that's because my tongue was blocking my airway. And uh, because of that happening 19 times, my oxygen pressure or rate went down to 79% when it should be at a steady 92 or more. And so because of that, I have sleep apnea. And um, I now have to start wearing a CPAP. So a CPAP is the machine that they put over your nose while you that you wear while you're sleeping, which helps to, I guess, clear the airways. So I have to go back in next week for another sleep test with the CPAP machine, I guess, to test it, to see how it works with me, to measure it so that they can send me the correct one. So I have to go back in for another sleep test, sleep study. Um, I'm like, when it rains, it pours, Lord, you take out my insides and now I got to wear a stupid thing on my nose to breathe. Um, so I'm definitely going to go and do what needs to be done. I did ask what is the, basically what's the turnover rate to get off this CPAP machine? And she said, the thing is you have to lose weight. She said, I've noticed that people who start off with the CPAP machine end up coming off the CPAP machine when they lose weight. So even though I've lost 11 pounds and had lost about 10, 12 pounds prior to the surgery because of the fast I was doing with my church, I still am not where I'm supposed to be. And so once she gave the okay for me to go back to exercising, I went to my regular park and did um, a half a mile which is pretty good for me. Um, normally I can do three miles, but I wanted to take it slow. So I took KB with me and we walked around the smallest track twice. And um, it definitely hurt a little once I got home and got settled. But um, I'm going to try to do that at least three times a week. And um, every week increase how many times I go around the small uh, track. But I did notice that it helped with my leg. I um, don't know if I mentioned in the last video, but I've been having like this numbness in my left thigh to where it was uncomfortable to sleep. Um, it, it, it feels like when your leg falls asleep, that numbness that you get. But I have it consistently and it's during certain times of the day and night, it's like hurtful to where I couldn't sleep at one point. So I let the doctor know about that. And she said, that's because the nerves, basically the nerves that were cut 
during the surgery also go to the nerves in my leg. They're attached. And so because they disrupted those nerves during the surgery, that's the nerves are basically reacting to the disruption. And so it should pass within a couple of weeks. So what I started doing was elevating my left leg while I slept because that's when I felt the most pain. And if I was sick for a long period of time from watching TV or taking a nap and would try to walk, the pain would be hurtful. So I did notice that while I was walking a half a mile that I didn't feel it, the pain. The pain actually went away. So I'm going to start walking more um, to help with this nerve situation and hopefully it passes. But it has gotten better since I started elevating my left leg while I slept and um, walking on the path. So I'm going to try to do my walking three times a week and every week increase the amount that I walk more and more. So hopefully that will help to ease this nerve situation that I'm feeling. But um, overall, I'm healing very well. It doesn't hurt as when I laugh or I'm moving much better and faster around the house. Um, I still wear my binder. Um, and when I don't have it on, it doesn't feel like everything is still jiggling and floating around trying to figure out where it's supposed to go. So I can definitely feel the difference. Um, but yeah, when I did drive for the first time, which was to go walk, go walking, um, <laughs> you never realize what muscles you use in your abdomen doing some of the, the smallest things that we take for granted during our daily activities. And so driving for the first time that moving the leg back and forth from the brake to the gas. And then I hit traffic on Western and fools act like they didn't know how to drive. So having to go around them, even turning the steering wheel was causing pressure in my ab area stuff you don't realize actually affects your abdomen area so i was in a little pain after that but it felt good to be able to walk around and start to get my stamina back so i'm excited about that i'll keep going i definitely drive a little slower than i normally do um but it's good to be able to get back to doing some of the things that I was originally doing prior to the surgery. I do have to keep telling myself to sit down. Don't try to do too much. Um, but overall, it's going well. Um, it's been three weeks. I still have five more weeks left before I go back to work. So I've been working on some things. And <laughs> God has truly been opening some doors for me that I was not expecting him to open. And showing me some things that he wanted to me to do in this downtime. So, like I told you last week, once these five weeks are up, it's going to be a lot that I have to share about what's coming. So, I'm excited. I'm definitely using my downtime for good and not just to sit around. So, I just, again, want to thank you all for praying for me, praying with me, um, checking on me to see if I was okay. Um, I truly appreciate it because I know people don't have to be nice to you and no one wants to, no one wastes their time being nice to someone who wasn't nice to them. So 
for those of you out there that don't feel like people appreciate you or wonder why people don't reach out to you to see how you're doing, it's called a mirror. Sometimes we need to reflect on how we treat people. And you'll realize how you treat people by what you get back in return when you least expect it or at your lowest moment. So I just thank all of you that have been there for me because you didn't have to be. And I truly, truly, truly love and appreciate you. So again, you want to know more about how I got to this point? Check out my book. It's that size for a reason. My journey through infertility and my other book underneath the hat, which is on the logo and right here. Both of these are on Amazon or wherever books are sold. On Amazon, just type in my name, Sheree Simmons, and they'll both come up. And this book definitely sheds light on how I got to the point of recovering from a hysterectomy. And so if you want to know the foundation and the background of that, go ahead and check out that book. Again, don't forget to like and subscribe to my Underneath the Hat podcast so you'll be notified whenever I post a new one. You can also check me out on all podcast um, platforms, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Google, Spotify, Apple, Overcast, Anchor. Check me out. It'll all be available there as well. Again, I want to thank you all so much for being there during this time. And I want to remind you, as always, to remember to take care of yourself underneath the hat. I will see you next week for week four of my recovery.